Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. I am Dr. Jimmy Christman, theater education professor at Illinois State University. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of Fed Talks. I'm Jimmy Chrisman, the host of the podcast, and uh, this week... Um I'm going to bring you a little something different. Typically, we talk to a teacher, or um, in the past few weeks, we've also had bonus episodes of uh, virtual PLCs with theater teachers across the country. Uh, But this episode is going to feature my theater education students. These are my junior theater education majors, and uh, I wanted to share this with you all uh, as an idea for... um, elevating some work in your classes and to give you an idea of how you could potentially use podcasting in your classrooms. Um... I've been doing the Fed Talks podcast for about a year now, and uh, before that, I had an assignment with my my juniors that they do a book talk. So they would read a theater education book and then do a presentation in class about it. Um, so a year after that first assignment that I did that, then I turned it into a podcasting assignment where they can partner up with someone and then create an episode where they're doing the book talk. Um, and they did that and they used their own recording um, media at home and, and, and with their computers to create their own podcast. Um, and then since I now have one that is um, now listened all over the world, uh, I thought one more opportunity to raise the bar for those students and to put those out there for you all to hear. These are not necessarily theater education books um, in their own rights, but uh, I think my students did a pretty good job of bringing the elements that as future theater teachers, they, they, that was the lens they looked through um, as they read the book. So hopefully you will hear that in the interviews. Um, Teachers, it's a great way to, again, raise the stakes, kind of elevate the playing field for your students and and help them really get some good quality content out there in the world. So I hope if you um, enjoy this that you can consider implementing podcasting into your classroom. And I think right now with online learning, you have a really cool opportunity to even do that as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about some, some free options that are out there uh, so you don't have to invest uh, the kind of money that, that I did in my podcasting, um, but that'll still be accessible to your students. So I hope you enjoy these conversations. The first one is with my students Cody and Clay talking about free play, improvisation, and life in art by Stephen Nachmanovich. My name is Clay. My name is Cody. And we are here to talk about our book, Free Play, Improvisation, and Life in Art by Stefan Nachmanovich. Uh, we are both theater ed majors at Illinois State University, and we had this lovely assignment to read these books, uh, and we chose free play. What, uh, what, was a, what was a general overview of free play, Clay? Uh, personally, it is a fun, definitely more spiritual outtake on life and art and how to incorporate that in just kind of your day-to-day uh, existence. They're definitely a, uh, a set of mindsets that, that, that kind of help you out, tackle life problems and get by in kind of a each moment, each scenario uh, situation. Right. Yeah. And it, it really talks about this idea of, of 
having this free play, this godlike play uh, of just kind of being able to let go of all those inhibitors. Um, personally, I really liked the book. I, I thought it had a lot of great things to say that I was able to take to heart. For myself, I think this is one of my more favorite books when it comes to uh, the philosophy of teaching, uh, the philosophy of going about the day-to-day business in the classroom or um, just kind of like in life in general. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, we would recommend that uh, this book for all the Fed majors out there because I, I mean, it's a great read. I, I think there's a lot that you can take away that we can still add to our practice as we're learning here. So uh, in our little outline here, Jimmy, we do uh, are asking you some questions. So I'm guessing you have read this book too. I did read the book. Yeah. How do you, how did you like this book? Um, I, I liked the book. Um, I think about half the book I felt was really applicable to myself. Um, and it felt like it echoed a lot of things much more eloquently than I tend to say when I talk to you all about similar topics. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other half of the book is, is, you know, like, like I've shared, I think it's a little spiritual, um, and yep. little, little heady, if you will. And, uh, I, I had a harder time connecting to those sections, but, but I thought it was a really good book overall. Yeah, uh, definitely one of the, uh, I guess we could bounce around and get back to the, to the meat of all of this. Um, one of, one of the uh, red flags that me and Cody had discussed was that this book does have some very spiritual moments. And uh, mm-hmm. we definitely talked about how we can understand how some people might not uh, like getting into this mindset or, or believe in this way of thinking. Um, so some, something to kind of like look for, uh, as, as a teacher that, that might be a, a turnoff is this kind of, uh, spiritual mindset. Yeah. Cause it, it also just gets really dense in this, in the concept that he's talking about when he goes into the spirituality, uh, and it, it gets a really hard to continue reading. At least that's what it was like for me, um, Cause I would, I would finish a chapter and at, literally just sit there and go, what? And then <laughs> it would take me a minute or two to actually read the next chapter because I, <laughs> it, it was, it was really hard to push through when he, uh, when it got that dense, but I'm really glad I did. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some moments where it's a little hard to digest uh, mentally too. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's hard not to be a realist when looking at some of the uh, ideas that Naklanovich talks about and in incorporating in a class, especially in uh, culture today, and especially in America, where it's all about the product and not the process. So it's a little hard to get in some uh, mindsets. Yeah, definitely. All right. So biggest thing we want to talk about is what our takeaways were from free play, improvisation, and life and art. Uh, for me, I would have to say my biggest takeaway from this book was specifically about the concepts that Stephen Nachmanovich talked about with the power that our mistakes have over us and our judging specter. I, it talks about uh, how 
you know, we, we have such fear for our mistakes and we are our biggest critic. And that is something that I already know I struggle with a lot. Um, but I, it was really great hearing Steven's take on it. Uh, and just kind of that, that's my biggest takeaway is like how, what I can do to get rid of those inhibitors, because it, it's a big problem, at least for me. Yeah. The, um, there's a chapter literally on power of mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's beautifully put down in this fan, in the fact that uh, we only really learn when we make mistakes in life. Yeah, sure, some things we can read about and uh, hopefully take a stab in the dark and and land on something. But for the most part, usually it's it's a uh, making a mistake and and learning from the repetition of of trying to do something and having fun at it and. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely that's part of one of my biggest takeaways but uh what i like to kind of like focus on more is just the playfulness of of life uh just being able to get in that mindset that kids get into where they they just uh play imagination with whatever they have around them and they completely get into that world that they're imagining so uh i think i think one of the bigger takeaways along with the uh, power of mistakes is the power of, of free play. Uh, mm -hmm. The ability just to have fun with what you do is with anything that you do is, is such a big uh, life lesson for me. And I would, I know it's easier said than done sometimes. Again, like I said, with the society we're in um, and class norms, but it's definitely a goal that I'll, I'll be trying to get to with, with how I act within my class and life and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, when, even in our creative drama class right now, like, that is something that Michael is is hammering into us, is, like, being, is bringing our students to that moment of free play, you know, with all those activities we've done in class, you know, with, like, the rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, like, that's something that our, our, our professors are, are trying to are teach us right now, just to be actors ourselves, you know, with, I, I know with all the other acting classes I've taken at Illinois State, you know, they, we started from a ground of building down and growing back up, being, a, allowing ourselves to have that child play. Which I think goes back to the mistakes very uh, smoothly in the fact that uh, kids are not afraid to make a mistake, you know, they, they know they're learning, they know they're just exploring life and uh, willing to fail at any moment because they're, they're just having fun. They're they're enjoying their time as they go along. Yeah, and and Nachmanovich literally points out at the very beginning of the Power of Mistakes chapter how school and our work kind of drills that into us of avoiding mistakes. So I think I think that's something that us as high school teachers should take into account once we start, you know, working with our students because they're probably going to be at that point where they've now gotten so used to having that drilled into them that it's probably going to take a little bit to break down that fear of mistakes. Yep. Especially in front of their classmates where they don't want to act a fool in front of someone or be labeled something else and yes. categorized as someone who, you know, has made all these mistakes. So, Jimmy, what about you? What, what was something that surprised you or you took away from the book? <clears throat> I, I really loved that um, it was a constant reminder of being present in the moment and um, letting the moment 
and your work with your students? Because uh, he, he did a really lovely job throughout because um, he's a musician um, and, and he, yeah. he wove in all the arts um, through everything that he was talking about all the way into arts education as well and how teachers can use what he's talking about. And I think that whole, that whole being present in the moment and letting the moment with your students just kind of guide where you go with the lessons um, and not being so bound to curriculum and the lesson plan itself. Um, but I also, I think he, he validated a lot of what we do to prep you for doing that with lesson planning and curriculum planning and unit planning and all of that, because you've got to have the technique girded underneath that to be able to do that freely. And uh, I, I really enjoyed how he, he, he did the back and forth with that and how they interplay with each other. Yeah, you you say that because I was reading those stuff, uh, that that area in the book, and I literally was like, wow, Jimmy has basically already said this to us for <laughs> theater and classes. And so you like just reiterated what words were in my head when I was reading it. That was really funny. <laughs> uh, I, another thing that you brought up was um, kind of how the uh, Stephen is a musician and like how he told the story. Uh, that was something that Clay and I thought were really interesting was kind of the how Stephen Nachmanovich structured the book. Uh, yeah, he. Sorry. Yeah, he did. He did a really good job to uh, kind of uh, use experiences uh, other than just a, a musical background to try to uh, kind of increase your, the interest in, into what the, he was talking about and kind of get a different point of view into a situation and uh, kind of showing how his his life lessons work in in a situation like that. Yeah, uh, he told this one example of like how he played the violin and like how he was always adjusting and I don't play the violin. So I, I was like, okay, sure. But I mean, I was still, he still worded in a way that was really easy to take the story and example he was telling and to apply it to our own art area, uh, which was really helpful. But I, I agree with Jimmy that he does do a really good job and play. He does a really great job with balancing all the different art forms and adding on top of like being an educator or just in our lives in general. Yeah, that was that was. Uh out of the entire book, that was one thing that kind of surprised me how much of this is applicable to then other things just than the arts or teaching or music. Yeah. So Clay, what, what, what in this book should theater educators pay attention to? Personally, I think that they should kind of focus more on the, the, the message of, of getting in that playful state. I know I've already said it, how important I think the free play is of this book but Nagmanovich really, really hits on the different aspects of getting into that, that mental state and getting into that uh, position where you are allowed to have fun. You're allowed to just forget yourself in this world. Um, he literally talks about, uh, he has a chapter where he talks about disappearing and it's not like uh, disappearing, like, oh, I've got the invisible cloak from Harry Potter, but uh, <laughs> uh, disappearing in the sense of you are, investing yourself uh, deeply into an activity or um, something in front of you where you are literally forgetting uh, time and, and things that are happening around you. And you're just focusing on that one uh, thing in that 
one mental state, that one mind. Uh, and I absolutely love that. And Makhmanovich uh, hits up on that in, in many different ways and how to get into it and how to use that in your, your day-to-day life and in your work and art. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're right. He has, he has a lot of tools in here that I think we can take away as educators to use in our own classroom. Uh, the time flow, I think is specifically one of them. I mean, I feel like my biggest hope as an educator is to get to get my students to a point where, you know, they, they aren't looking at the clock all class period. And um, I just, I think you're right. He, he does a really great job of giving us the tools, but I think for us educators reading the book, it's important for us to be able to read the book with the lens of an educator, but also being able to take the information and apply it to how, the students can use it as well, uh, which I think is really important. Yeah, uh, bringing it into the classroom, I definitely think that even if maybe the student that we're with, you know, they might not like the subject that we're teaching, uh, no matter what kind of teacher we are, whether it be theater, math, sciences, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is being able to get the kid to not stare at that clock like you're staying to to get them engaged and involved and um, just have their attention so they kind of forget what time is or that it exists. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely like that idea of engaging the students kind of no matter the, the subject that you're teaching and, and getting them in that, you know, flowing state uh, where they, they, they just focus on the activity, they focus on the, the game or whatever you're teaching and they, they forget that there's another <laughs> class or they forget that there's uh, something going on outside of the class or the school uh, and they kind of are able to relax and have fun and, and play and get in that, that learning mindset of, you know, willingness to make a mistake and, and, right. and further themselves in, in, in that classroom. Yeah. I, I definitely, I, I think that kind of like reiterates the importance of why, making our classroom feel as safe as possible for all students is really important because I think you're right without that they won't be able to they won't be able to let themselves or let themselves let go to experience you know being just playful um, yeah uh, Jimmy what uh, do you have any specific things that you think theater educators should pay attention to that we haven't touched on? I mean, I, I agree completely with the, the idea of play. And I, I think I've shared with you all before that like when I was in the classroom, it's, I spent, you know, a good month just spending time with the students to, <clears throat> excuse me, to get them to a point where they felt comfortable to play and to make mistakes and to um, not be afraid to look silly and to trust each other as a, as an ensemble and, and just to have fun with it. So I think he, he did a really lovely job of, of talking about that and kind of the whole experience of that. Um, I think going back to the the chapter that you were talking about, Cody, with the, um, about fears and, 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 and those types of things and how they weigh on us as, as educators. Uh, I, I love, there was a quote he said to, if I can find it, um, to not be afraid where it is. It's great to sit on the shoulders of giants, but don't let the giants sit on your shoulders. 
um, mm -hmm. and comparing yourselves to better teachers, if you will, and to the people who who do this way more successfully than you do. And, and you know, I, I see it with the freshmen that come in every year. They, they compare themselves to you all. Oh my gosh, I want to be Cody and Clay. I want to, I want to be as good as them. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but you're not Cody and Clay. You're, you're your own unique individual and you're going to bring, you're going to bring your own, um, flavor and your own experience to your students in the future. So I think it's important to root, to look up to and to, to want to model yourself after the people who have gone before you and who are doing, who have done it longer and appear to be doing it better, but they're just different and you've got your own unique way of doing things and to stop comparing yourselves. So I, I really appreciated how he addressed that in that chapter. Right. Cause you also say that, you know, with our program, you're not trying to pump out more use, no. you know, <laughs> well, and, and, I, and Adam and I talked about this, my husband and I talked about this not long ago, that our, our, our hope and, and desire as educators of educators is that you come out better than we are. And if, mm. and if you do that, then I've done my job. I've, you, I, I want to equip you with more tools and skills than I had when I came out so that you are prepared to be even more successful. So if you go on and you're doing better things than I ever did, great i've done my job so that there's no greater testament to what you've done as a teacher than to have your students go on and be successful i i just i am very grateful for us being getting the chance to do that because i i, I feel like i know some people in other uh, ed majors that are not getting that same treatment and they feel like they're getting hammered down to being the same as their professors which that's yeah, gross. I just think I really appreciate our program not being like that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay, so with the time we have left, I think what we haven't really touched on the author uh, that much. Stephen Nachmanovich is the author. And if you actually want to know more information about him, he has his own website. Clay, what's the website again? Uh, it's freeplay.com. It's, it's pretty nice. It kind of has a whole bunch of his stuff on there. He also has a YouTube channel. If you just look up his name, uh, it has a whole bunch of his music and a couple of uh, talking points where he talks about a few of his books. And um, there's actually a, I think it's an hour long. I could be mistaken. Um, uh, basically, he gets up on a stage and, and kind of like gives an example of his work. <laughs> it's, it's really fun to watch him improv with the... Uh, the violin it is pretty interesting yeah and uh from according to his site he also has written another book now uh it's called the art of is improvising as a way of life so if you like this book uh, and you like what steven nakmanovich has to say uh, i would probably recommend to read the second book um i have not read it yet but hopefully hey you uh, know i will yeah <laughs> uh okay and then i think to just close it out uh just one question that Clay and I want to answer is what in this book will we use to change or better our practice? Uh, Clay, you want to go first or should I? You go first. Okay. Um, I mean, I think, I think I've already talked about it a lot, but I think just the, the whole concept of uh, the power of mistakes. I, for me, that is the one thing that I'm always harder on myself about even just in our theater ed classes, 
I teach a lesson. And if I go off that lesson plan for one second, I beat myself up so much, um, which is, you know, also just being able to let go. But I, I think I'm just so, I don't like mistakes because I have told myself for so long that I don't like it. So I, I want to take what Steven sa has said and, and, and really just apply it uh, because I, I feel like that's, you know, the biggest thing I need to work on right now is, you know, getting rid of that fear. Yeah, it's pretty much my same thing here that I'd like to, to better myself with is, is surrendering myself to the world around me and in the possibilities and just just to play more um you you both know being in, in class with me that i already play a lot of maybe what? too much but we'll never know um <laughs> but i i just think it's such an important part of life just to be happy and having fun even even if it might seem like the world is on fire you know it's very important to uh you know take care of your own psyche and to en enjoy life in the moment and getting into presence so uh, uh you think with all the mistakes we make in our lives we get used to it but much <laughs> much uh harder uh harder done than than said to to try to get in that mindset of being okay of making a mistake or just failing mm -hmm. so yeah that'll, <laughs> that'll be what i try to change in my practice or my my life trying to get to that point well, Clay, you made a, a, a nice point about how the, the the ability to play and and providing a space where it's okay to do that, or, or you you kind of thrive when you have that space for that for yourself to do that. And think about what you the awesome responsibility that you have as teachers to be able to do that for your students in your class. And yeah, just to kind of to show that. You know, no matter what you do, even your job that you love, mm -hmm. get to play. I, I hate that. Uh, there's this quote: "It's like you do what you love, and you'll never work a day in your life." That's just that's that's just crap. Because then, what happens is you start taking what you love and you making it. You know, you're making it work. You're making it something that you have to sit there and stare at for, you know, what nine to five, depending on what job you're doing, or it, it makes you dislike what you're doing. Now, you should just play, not not uh, worry about that in the, in the sense of, you know, being perfect, you know what I mean? Cause it will kind of dread you doing the homework. Yeah. So that's, that is all we have. Jimmy, do you have anything for us or anything that you want to touch on before we head out of here? Um, well, we have a few minutes um, and I'm going to, I'll turn you loose in a minute, but since I have you both on here, why don't you tell a little bit about yourselves and kind of your journey to where you, how you got where you are? Cause you both have really unique, fun stories and I'd love to share those with the listeners. Well, it's, it's not a long story for me. I started uh, senior year of high school. Uh, we're both juniors, by the way, um, me and, me and Cody. Uh, but we, I, I didn't start theater until my senior year. Um, I started off with Peter Pan and then the Adams Family Musical, and I had together maybe like, I don't know, 10 lines. Uh, so much fun, though. Uh, the theater bug kind of bit me because beforehand I was, you know, such uh, <laughs> sports driven. I did track my entire life. I uh, wrestled for a while. So it's quite a different uh, group of people, lifestyle and 
I, I fell in love with that. I fell in love with being able to express yourself and, and to just be there and have fun and love what you do. So I kind of, I absolutely loved it. I double majored in acting uh, when I first came into ISU. However, I realized that uh, that was a lot for my plate and that uh, I'd rather just focus on the teaching part because I don't know, I knew I was always going to teach. Never knew what it was going to be until I get my senior year, but uh, I absolutely love the theater. I love being part of such a huge process where so many people are involved from such different backgrounds to the actual actors, to the tech, the stage design, all oh, so many different areas of people. And I absolutely love that. Oh, okay. A little bit about me. Um, I'm also a junior at ISU. Um, I, I guess my background with theater in my high schools was that we didn't really have theater in my high school. I mean, we had the fall play and the spring musical, but besides that, when it came to classes, we we had one intro to acting class um, that was in in place of speech if you wanted to. Um, so I, I, you know, I never really got a lot of, I guess, exposure or like rehearsal space to, you know, really grow in theater that much. Um, my older sister it, is pursuing a career in musical theater uh, in Chicago. And so I always kind of just like followed her lead on things. Um, I almost went to a performing arts high school actually that in Chicago, um, I auditioned, I got in, um, I, I got like a nice scholarship and then I turned it down because uh, I kind of just realized that performance was not where I wanted to go. And I felt like if I wanted to perform, I would go to that high school, but um, I did not want to. So I thought I wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> and then, oh, Jimmy, do you not know this? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. It's like I wanted to be a police officer for the longest time. And then um, I kind of realized that I did not have the physical capabilities for that by my senior year of high school. So I was like, okay, great. So then I thought I'd be a forensic scientist. And then I took forensics in high school and <laughs> I couldn't deal with the dead chicken carcasses. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I knew that, that it probably wasn't gonna work out for me either. So then I kind of realized that, you know, teaching was something that I kind of had fun with. So I thought I'd be a chemistry teacher because I liked chemistry. Then I took AP Chem and <laughs> it was not for me. <laughs> um, and then I, like jokingly looked up on the internet about theater education. Uh, and then it turns out that theater education as a major in college at least is a real thing um, because I had only grown up knowing English teachers that directed the, the, the fall plays. So I thought, Same here. I thought you had to be an English teacher to do it. But then apparently theater education was a real thing. So I, uh, I only applied to one school because <laughs> I just kind of knew that, that that's where I wanted to go. Um, I also double majored in acting for my first year here, and then I dropped that after a semester. Because <laughs> uh, I just wanted to focus on the education part because that's uh, that was, you know, just where my heart is. Why do you want to do this? I think you kind of hinted at it, but just like really tell me why you want to do this, why you want to work with kids. For me, well, I just... For theater is just it was a home for me growing up and it was kind of a really special and like helpful part in 
creating who I am today. And I, I want to be able to provide that space for other people in the future. Um, I think theater can be such an important aspect in a student's life in high school. And I, I think there's so much to learn from it that I, I want to give back because already so much has been given to me in the last eight years of doing this, but I, I want to be able to give back to others because I, I think everyone deserves to have that place. Yeah. I, um, I, I always knew I was going to be a teacher of some sorts, whether it be a coach or a personal trainer or some uh, area of me learning something and trying to give it back to somebody else. Uh, like Cody, I never had a, a theater class in high school, so it wasn't really just about theater. It was more about uh, the future at hand. I, I truly believe that, you know, our kids are our future and uh, they, they kind of have the key to, to, to the success of, of what lays next in our history of mankind. And I, I don't know, I just, I love the idea of being that, that one person, because all it takes is one person for you to, to just, you know, fall in love with the world again and learn how to just truly be yourself. And I had enough of those people in my life where uh, they just, opened up so many brand new doors to me and and I love that idea and and I would love to be uh someone who can do that for for other people I just I love that thought and and personally theater I I love that just because there's so many different aspects of it the the building the creativity just the playfulness of it all um so many different uh aspects of it that you could go into and I just love that idea that there's, there's, I mean, we should never stop learning, but especially with theater uh, for me, you know, I, I'm just going to constantly be uh, trying to find new things about it, learning new things here uh, to, to help me out in the, in the theater. From your somewhat limited experience working with, with students so far, what has been one of your favorite moments so far? <laughs> okay, wait, I got one. I got one. <laughs> Uh, I'll never forget this. Um, it was two two nine. Uh, was it two nineteen? What was it when we go? Not two nineteen. Uh, I already forgot the class name of it. But we go into uh, University High School, um, and we work with the students and we teach our 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 uh, lesson plan. I did this little group activity with a couple of students and uh, or with the with the the class and they, they got into groups and uh, there's a group of boys who were so willing to uh, what they said, roast the crap out of me um, <laughs> and end my career. Um, but I took that as a challenge. Like I, I heard them say that I'm like, bet let's go end my career. Let's see what you got. Um, and they ended up doing such an amazing, honestly, they did. And, you know, I, I'm not picking any kind of favorites, but they did the absolute best in that class when it came to that activity. Uh, and yes, in fact, they did roast me. They did make fun of what I was wearing, but that was, I thought it was great. They did such a great job with the activity lesson. They hit all of the, the points that I was trying to make them hit. And, and they just, they really, really like impressed me with what they were able to do. Uh, even if it was, uh, slightly making fun of me, uh, but the rest of the class loved it too. And they got, they got the rest of the class involved and 
I think it just kind of elevated everything in that classroom. And then the, Oh, I just, I just loved that moment. It was so much fun to, to listen to them do the activity hit every single point and, and have fun doing it. They, they played so much. It was great. I guess the, the one story that comes to mind is my sophomore year. I helped assistant direct a 385 project at the university high school here. And they, I was in the room when they were doing their pre-show warm-up stuff. And uh, I mean, it was really cute. I, I mean, I, I was very nervous and antsy the entire process of assistant directing this show because uh, I was not confident in myself. And I thought I never made really any connections with the cast members. And it was, it was just like a whole, it was a whole ordeal. And so they're doing their pre-show warmups and they wanted to close out. And apparently how they close out is that they, they need someone with red hair to sit in the middle of their group, their big pile of high school students and costume and makeup and everything. They need a red, like someone who is red haired to sit in the middle and they all put their hands on top of the head of the person with red hair and they, they shout, they shout in, they shout a naughty word. And they're like, uh, beep show, like beep, freaking show it was like a whole I so they asked me to come up because they didn't have any red-haired people in their cast so I had to sit there as like 30 <laughs> high school students shout swear words on top of my head <laughs> and That's then beautiful. go into their show <laughs> I couldn't say no <laughs> how could you how could you how could you yeah <laughs> Well, you two are are right in the thick of of learning from all kinds of teachers and and all branches of education and and theater and various experiences. What is a resource you can recommend that teachers need to use that you have found extremely helpful and that you love aside from free play by Stephen Nachmanovich? Uh Viola Spoon and uh the third edition, what is it? The theater games, improvisation for the improvisation. Mm-hmm. What is it? Improvisation for the theater. There, there you, you go. go. The third edition. Oh, that book has been my savior. I love it. Uh, the amount of games in there. And even if I don't use any of the games, I'm. I, it's kind of like an inspiration of you can make your own game no matter what. Like right now in, in, in creative drama, we're making a lesson plan. And I literally just came up with this game of taking two sticks, taping, taping them together, putting a pencil in the bottom and then having the kids work together, drawing with this. And it's, I think it's the coolest thing that you could just create whatever the heck you want and make it a game. So uh, that, that book really kind of emphasizes that ability. As long as you have like a, a reason for it, then you can, you can make it work. Cody? Um, I think I have two. Is that allowed? <laughs> Go for it. Great. Um, I don't know how many people know this one, but there's something that I found called scenicandlighting.com. So they have a bunch of different light labs that you oh. can interact with. It's like really fun. Uh, they have one program that's just a color lab, one that's a light lab for dance. Uh, and then they also have like a gobo lab. 
Um, it's really fun to just kind of mess around on. Uh, and it's just, I think it would, I, I, I want to use this in a future lesson because I think there's so much you can let your students do without having access to uh, the actual theater space. It, it, Claire, I saw you grab a pen. It's scenicandlighting.com. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, okay, but my other book, uh, wait, let me grab it. Wait, hold up. It's right here. Um, it's actually a book that I really like. Um, I just think something that really has helped me too is getting um, the ability to hear other people's stories. So, you know, like, like Jimmy's podcast is great. And um, also this book called uh, One Teacher in 10 in the New Millennium uh it's I just really like it because it has a bunch of stories and it's just really inspiring and I think just that is something else that I have found really helpful in my studies getting those stories um to just kind of lighten my heart and and to think about more stuff too in my practice awesome well thank you guys uh Clay and Cody if you want to write it down as well have you checked out myvirtualtheater.com no. It is a it's a, a scenic design <gasps> program, and it's specifically created for middle and high school students to be able to use, and for theater teachers to be able to teach like directing and scene design and um, blocking and that kind of stuff. So uh, it right oh. now it is currently free um, with the oh. e learning, but when it is not free, it is super super cheap and absolutely worth it. Uh, so it's a resource I would recommend you check out. Uh, it's from a past guest on the podcast who um, has made that available to teachers right now. So check that out as well. Okay. Heck yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you sharing your book with us and your thoughts on that as well as your journey so far. So I hope you take care of yourselves and get some rest and uh, just, just stay well. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cody and Clay, for bringing your book talk to the podcast. I appreciated being introduced to the book as I was not aware of it before you guys picked that. So I enjoyed the read. Teachers, I recommend the book highly as well as the, the guys do. Uh, so I hope you will check that out. Free Play by Stephen Nachmanovich. If you are looking to contact me here at the podcast, you can email me at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. I'm always looking for new guests. I'm looking for new topics to talk about, and uh, I'm always looking for feedback to continue to improve the show. So email me, reach out to me. I love getting email, and I love corresponding with you. Fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can also interact with me on all your favorite social media, on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, at Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com. On Facebook, there's a Fed Talks page, and Instagram, Fed Talks podcast and again our website as always www.fedtalks.com where you can find all the past episodes of the podcast including each teacher's page with their recommended resources and uh, a picture of the teacher so you can get to know them a little bit more check out the podcast uh, you can find us um, on all your favorite podcast providers Apple Podcasts on iTunes Google Podcasts and Google Play Spotify Stitcher AnyPod and TuneIn um, go on there if you just want the podcast to automatically populate in your your podcast app on your phone or your tablet or your computer, just go ahead, subscribe to Fed Talks, rate us, leave us some stars, review us, tell us what you're liking and why people should be listening. But more importantly, share the podcast with those theater education people in your life who you think could benefit from what we're doing here on the show. Uh, 
Well, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for checking us out. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got something out of it and hope you found a couple new books that you might check out and put in your lives. So thanks to Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record that we use here on the show. Thank you, gentlemen, for all you're doing. And I hope you are both well and healthy right now. I hope you have a fantastic week, teachers. I know we're in the middle of spring and going crazy and we're in the online learning still. And most of us have have heard at this point that you're not going back to school this year. Um, So I hope that you and your students are doing well. I hope you are adjusting well. And I hope that you are taking care of those kids and continuing to be the amazing rays of light that each of you are every single day. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week. Check us out next week with another great episode.